There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Daily Transcendence Podcast. I'm G.O.D. And I'm Ray. And we're your hosts. Take a journey with us into the realms of some of humanity's most inner thoughts and theories about what lies before us and beyond the other side. Take a step back with us from the day-to-day heavy burdens of this constant evolving life. From awakening the collective, astrology, the spiritual divine, holistic health, shamanism, and quantum theory, to the frequencies and vibrations of our universe, history, religion, numerology, and so much more. We spend countless hours researching to bring you the breakdown of information from some of the greatest minds in these fields and even our own experiences. We're here to challenge your thoughts so that you can reshape your own minds and beliefs into ones that better serve you. We hope you enjoy the discussions about the supernatural and the ancient knowledge that we have become so fond of and we wish to share with you so that it may also help you on your quest in this human experience we're living. Let the transcendence begin. Godspeed and share on. Don't forget to like, follow, and share on our Facebook and Instagram at The Daily Transcendence. Make sure you stay up to date and get notified on new episodes and more content by liking and subscribing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and many more. We want to hear from you all and connect, so message us or email us at thedailytranscendence at gmail.com. As always, we entirely appreciate your support and allowing us to bring to you this transmission. Welcome back. Hello, everybody. Hello. What's up? What's going on? I don't know. What's going on? It's cold. It's cold. We're in, that, we're in that December time now. Yeah. Winter has come. What a year. Yeah. Let's, Dude, wrap, let's wrap this up. What? <laughs> yeah, let's get the fuck out of 2020. Not that it's going to matter. It's going to be a different day. Same shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, also, though, 2020 gave us 2020 vision. Some of us. Mm-hmm. Some of us. Some people think they have 2020 vision. Yeah. They think that the woke, you're woke. Are of, you awake? A lot of deception. Yeah. I still got, I still even got to check myself at times. I'm like, you know, are you awake? Well, I think if you say you're awake, you're not. Yeah. I mean, I'm awake. I'm waking up. <laughs> I'm waking, I'm waking up. Uh, I want to well, sleep a little bit, but I'm waking up. Well, we've been in a dark slumber for years. That's right. And it's time to wake up. It's I right. mean... It began with, uh, you know, this surge of astrology past yeah. 10 years, mm. you know, seeing how it just it's it's become so like a such a boom Yeah, mainstream. Cr- well, mainstream on the underground. Yeah. But it's yeah, be- it's become it went- a legitimate niche. Yeah. Niche. It went from like a daily horoscope pickup line icebreaker mm. yeah. topic, you know, like to sun sign only shit Yeah, nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. If you still use your daily horoscope app and it's just your sun sign, you are being deceived. Yeah. Might be your biggest deception of 2020. Yeah. Because that's not how it works. And this is why everyone was so about, like, yeah, it's pseudo and it's not yeah. really a thing. And I don't get it. This, this, this jerk off's a Gemini and then I'm a Gemini. Well, he don't act like me. I'm completely different. He's not going through the same. What does that yeah. mean? That was bullshit horoscopes to just stroke your ego a little bit. Propaganda. Yep. But. 
All right, so what do we got for today? The Divine Matrix. The Divine Matrix. What's that, I wonder? What is that? I don't know. Something, well, something like the quantum field. Yeah. The field that connects us all, the web of mm-hmm. energy. That's right. So The space between space. Yeah, yeah. So, and to recap, really, last week um, we did go through the quantum astrology and how it is basically proven to be a reality through scientific fact, through statistics. Um, and we, we know astrology as a way of understanding uh, how we perceive in this moment. It's how we use it. Um, an unfolding series of planetary cycles. And we can actually use the mapping techniques of astrology combined with knowledge where we comprehend the matrix. Matrix. And our relationship to it. We're not talking about Neo. I mean, we, we can talk about that, but... Right. <laughs> right. So, and, and why we really wanted to go through everything we did last week uh, or last episode is... Uh, the question really was, is how can we use physics along with the zodiacal clock to manifest our best life? So, we need the other side of the coin here yeah. we learned astrology we understand the cycles actually have an effect mm-hmm. uh statistically speaking and now we're talking about the field that it actually sits yeah. in Yeah, like what's going on in that cycle more in depth yep yep so in this episode we'll go way deeper into the ideas that we affect the world through our thoughts through our feelings and observations in coordinates with the clock of the sky Yeah, so we spoke about the many scientific studies that have been done that show significant data from uh, planetary events, and we connected that with language of astrology. Uh, Ray also compared the network of energy coming from these cosmic bodies and cycles as like uh, Wi-Fi signals, antennas, uh, and hard drives. We kind of understand how it works with quantum mechanics and theory, but what about the depth of understanding the mysterious phenomenon that occurs through space-time and the ether? Also, where do we come into play as humans uh, with this flooded sea of energetic information and codes? Well, we are about to break it down for you so that the macrocosm becomes the microcosm and to see how we have our own little universes inside our bodies. Poetic. Oh, yeah. Wow. (laughs) That is fantastic. You hear that? You hear that, people? hear that? We're going to get down to the nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. The meat and potatoes. Yeah. Um. We've uh, <clears throat> one thing I want to point out though is that we've come to understand our reality as uh, this outdated narrative that comes from Darwinian theory, uh, nihilism, Newtonian physics, and so on. But it's time that we deconstruct these narratives since modern science theory and our ancestors have given us so much more to go off of. We can now actually bridge the gaps between science, religion, philosophy, spirituality, and uh, even ancient wisdom. It seems we came to a point in time that society has just accepted what it's been told and stopped asking questions. Welcome to the age of Pisces. Or, yeah, or even wanting to understand more about our existence and consciousness. Mm. Uh, What more is there to understand, though? Well, how about the fact that we have the potential to unlock some very powerful forces within us and have the ability to change our realities? Uh, I have your attention now. I bet you do. All right. I bet you're paying attention. So we told you how belief constructs and social conditioning has occurred over the time of our existence and how we sometimes don't even realize we are projecting thoughts and beliefs that aren't even necessarily our own. 
We've taken in and stored so much information on our hard drives ever since we were born. We've tended plants in the garden of our minds that we talked to you all about, uh, but don't even know what some of these plants are, where they came from, or even what they do. And up until the age of seven, they say your mind is like a sponge and contains little to no filter. So I think it's time we take an even closer look at what we even think and believe about science and uh, what what we've been indoctrinated with about our story. It's time to dig it up, clean, and replace the contents of our mind garden. Beautiful. Mm. And yeah, that's true. And, it, and this is why we went back in time to uh, to to go over where our beliefs came from. How were, how were they developed? There's a method to the madness. Yes. You see how this is now building. We're, we've built on a foundation here. We needed to, to backtrack and really realize, you know, where where do, do our misconceptions come from? Where do our paradigms come from? You know, and the fact is, is a lot of them were unconscious and still are today. You know, so we have to get down to the nitty gritty. We have to understand now what the effect is we have on the field and our beliefs how they're affecting that field and how they're affecting your everyday reality now the key to tapping into the power of the matrix it lies in our ability to embrace the four landmark discoveries that link to our lives in an unprecedented way uh here's what modern science knows now and we will discuss this in more detail as the show goes on one there is a field of energy that connects all of creation number two This field plays the role of a container, a bridge, and a mirror for the beliefs within us. Three, the field is non-local and holographic. The CIA says so. Every part of it is connected to every other, and each piece mirrors the whole on a smaller scale. Fractal geometry. And number four, we communicate with the field through the language of emotion. Ah, energy emotion. Yeah, so real quick. Mm -hmm. So if... they're saying we communicate to the field with our emotions and things like, you know, new age things that came in real strong, like the law of attraction and, and manifestation. And people started, you know, really studying how to, you know, manifest things into their life. Well, how were you asking? Were you asking with your thoughts or your emotions? Hmm. When the real truth is both matter. Yeah. They got to connect the two. Right. The heart and brain coherence, which Mm -hmm. later on we will also get into. That's right. We have some interesting studies that had gone on, and it actually was during the time of 9-11 when they discovered how we, our hearts affect the electromagnetic field of the earth. Mm -hmm. That's right. So um, with that, something that I want to mention that... I uh, I mentioned it briefly in episode six, I believe, and I think we spoke a little bit about it, but not in depth. Um, it's something called the Akashic Records. I don't know if a lot of people may know what it is. A lot may not. So for those that don't, um, it's an ac- accumulation of all universal events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent ever to have occurred in the past, present, or future in terms of all entities and life forms. 
not just human. Anything and everything already exists. Exactly. Like, so for like the, the theologians, the mystics and the spiritual, um, it can be said to be vibrational recordings of your soul's journey from the time you first arise from source, God, universe, whatever, until you return home. Whether it's here on Earth, this lifetime, or a past life, another planet, another dimension, or realm, all that you are and have been as a soul is recorded in your own personal vibrational Akashic record. So, why am I bringing up the Akashic Library and that database? Well, the, this, the late American clairvoyant Edgar Cayce said the Akashic Records which was coined by Alfred Percy Sinnott in his book, Esoteric Buddhism in 1883. Um, it can be seen as the universe's supercomputer, a central storage facility of all information. He said that collectively the Akashic Records are a field of energy that holds the past, present, and future knowledge of all things, and it manifests everywhere all at once, all at the same time like you were saying, right? Mm -hmm. So within this field are individual are individual energy fields for each being that are immensely vast in their own right. So it's just like our modern Wi-Fi network. You know, we spoke a little bit about that. We can't see it, but we know it's everywhere around us. It's invisible. But if you access it, you can reach limitless, limitless information. You can find these secret hidden patterns and codes that are floating around us that are a makeup of information that we then perceive through our observation and we translate it with our mind and even our intuition. It's the same thing with the Akashic Records. And in order to access it, you need to tune your consciousness and vibration into the right frequencies. All right. Because in reality, everything already exists just in states of vibrations. There's no such thing as unnatural phenomena. We call it unnatural, we call things phenomenal. But uh -huh. No, it's just unnatural, it's paranormal. Nothing is paranormal. If it's in the universe, it's normal. Yeah. And the movement of nature is the same everywhere. There's no difference between the movement of electrons, planets, and our movement through life because energy is the same everywhere. All of reality is a continuous cosmic dance of energy and what we call frequency, vibration. Uh, it's a game of appearing and disappearing. Particles that constitute physical reality are, in their foundation, energy processes and not solid objects. Mm -hmm. Classical physics was built from mechanical Newtonian laws, as Geo said, mm -hmm. where man became aware of all the aspects of motion in the sensory physical world. Yeah, but... But it goes deeper. Yeah. It's beyond that. And what's crazy is without the non-physical world, there is no physical world. It's, we live in a, a, a realm of duality. So with, with black, you cannot have white if you have, you have to have both. So same thing with physical, you have to have non-physical and through the non-physical laws, which by the way, in the next episode, we'll be going through the hermetic laws. Um, the, they are the universal laws of the, the universe, uh, talking ancient, ancient knowledge, mm -hmm. um, explains that these ancients knew this. Yeah. Speaking of ancient knowledge, um, in Buddhist and Hindu cultures, evidence of this, this field, this Akasha space is noted uh, as noted in their ancient writings and uh, mentions uh, they mention this Vedic sage known as Narada. Uh, he is known to have transcended consciousness to gather his knowledge and give teachings of great wisdom. Narada was said to have access to some kind of central knowledge that is uh, within the fabric of the divine cosmic order. And he was able to tap into it. The word Akasha is even known to be known as ether. 
Uh, there's more to be known about the history of Akasha, by the way, and how it works, but we'll have a more in-depth episode on that. The point is that even the ancients had knowledge and explanations about the fabric of space and the important delicacy of the ether Mm -hmm. and these quantum energy fields. It's not pseudoscience, people. Science has shown us that space is not actually empty and there is a webbing of connectivity between all matter. This can be seen even with Einstein's studies and experiments with the zero-point field. So let's further explore the field itself, the findings and the structures of it. Well, let me, let me add in Albert Einstein. Uh, he had said this. We live in a world which exists independently of us human beings, which stands before us like a great riddle at least partially accessible to our inspection and our thinking. Hmm. Now, that's in contradiction to what we said, because what he's saying is he believes that we will be lucky if we understand even a little bit of how the universe works and that we can potentially be uh, insignificant. Um, But there was a colleague of his. His name was uh, Professor John Wheeler, who is, I think, alive today. Um, I know he was alive a few years back when I was doing research, but he is alive. If if he is, this is recent. uh, He was at the... Uh, University of Princeton. He was a physicist. And John says completely the opposite of Einstein. Hmm. Now they studied the same time with the same information, the same books and the same data. And here's what John said in uh, contrary to uh, Albert Einstein's quote. Um, We cannot even imagine a universe that did not contain observers like us Mm -hmm. because the act of us observing the universe makes the universe as it is. Mm. We are a part of a universe that is a work in progress, that is incomplete. We are tiny particles of the universe looking at itself and building itself. It is a participatory universe. By the act of us feeling and believing makes uh, makes us the participants. Yeah, we're co-creating. And, like, that's the thing, like, with, you know, all this is happening, like, these phenomenons that, I guess you could say, is all happening in this in this space, so, like, what is space? What What is even there? What would be considered the void or, altern- um, or alternative space? The idea is that this alternative space has the source of all information variances, and we have access to the information if we attune to the right frequencies. There's physics behind this exchange in the ether between quantum particles. Space is what keeps everything happening Or else if we took it away, everything would just collapse uh, together in a tiny crumb. That would mean removing all energy from matter. Uh, Another thing with... that Einstein uh, also said, along with his theory of relativity, uh, in a 1928 lecture, he says, space without the ether is unthinkable because without such space, there would be no propagation of light, but also no possibility of the existence of standards of space. Right. So he was he was on track. Yeah. You know, I, keyword I, light. Yes, light, mm-hmm. huge. Everything's light. God is light. And uh, why I brought up his quote is because I would say Albert Einstein had ninety nine percent of it. Yeah. He was right there, but he also believed the insignificant part. Mm-hmm. He believed this was just this mechanical, like it's there. He believes the ether. Mm-hmm. And all that, but it was more so. Do we have an effect on it? Yeah, you know, it's spooky. He called uh, it spooky science. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's only so much you can explain with, you know, like in the physical with what we know. But there comes a point that you have to go into more of the spiritual side of things, and you know, like that. Uh, it's so widely, it's such a misconception sometimes the word spirituality. But you know, spirituality kind of helps understand that 
that mystery stuff that happens within science that we can't really explain sometimes. Well, what we would call it in our natural now in our present time, uh, we naturally call it energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Spirit is energy. It's something you can't see, but it's there and it's moving around and there's information in it. And you know, it's, and we just have different language. This goes back now to also symbols and beliefs. Mm -hmm. Like they called it spirit. We called energy, but it's there and we know it's there. Mm -hmm. So, the fact is, is Albert Einstein was solely focused on the physical, knowing that maybe there was something beyond, but believed we couldn't find the answer. And mm-hmm. we'd be lucky if we could. And now this leads to a significant time where we have found it. Yeah. We have quantum physics. We have things to prove to us of the spiritual or energetic world, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it doesn't mean that we're controlling the universe. Now, I believe we do have an effect on it. Um, I don't think we impose our will completely in full, um, but we are participating and co-creating with it. So, and, and, and why I say this too is, you know, the truth is we've never found the smallest particle and we may never find the edge of the universe. Um, there is a, uh, foundation called the resonance foundation. It's not same Haramein. Uh, if you want to go into that stuff, the smallest particle edge of the, the more of the deeper science are, our ages. Uh, Einstein is Nassim Haramein of the Resonance Foundation. Please go check out his work. Um, but he had brought, basically, he had brought up a lot of things like um, scientists, uh, they built a, a huge machine called the cyclotron. And uh, these are particle accelerators. Uh, they take a particle of matter and they accelerate it in into the speed of light. And then they smash it into another particle in an attempt to break it into many, uh, many pieces. Uh, thinking that somewhere in there they might find the ultimate smallest particle of matter and they never found it. Um, that's how crazy and deep and wild our universe is. And that's how, that's how big the mystery is. So you can understand where Albert Einstein was coming from. Yeah. But it goes beyond that. So I, I, I want to, we'll dive more into that. I did bring up the, uh, the observer effect, mm-hmm. bringing yep. the wave into the particle having, and that's what John Wheeler's talking yeah. about. He's talking about the participating, like the universe cannot exist without us mm-hmm. observing it. Yeah. And the, and the observer effect does prove that. Yeah. And if you missed that, as far as the whole, uh, you know, observer effect, um, it's in our last episode, uh, the science of astrology, I believe, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, but also I, you know, matter is all simultaneous particles vibrating and space is consistent of atomic and subatomic subatomic particles that do in fact act as if connected. Um, this goes along actually with what you said is is that it can be seen when splitting a photon particle. Mm. And when when you manipulate the one photon particle, no matter how much space or distance is in between, the other one acts the same as the other immediately entanglement faster than the speed of light mm-hmm. and yes that's entanglement mm-hmm. the reason is because in between the space there is a field of connectivity and timelines and they are occurring simultaneously so it's like space doesn't exist to these things exactly I but, could, you can send a particle three thousand miles away across mm-hmm. the planet and then whatever you do to this particle automatically yes does automatically no mm-hmm. lag time no lag time and and the native americans identified this as injures web uh, that all things are connected and one as new age as it sound all all is one it shows that there is an ultimate intelligence behind all of this and the matrix of matter uh, an unlimited mind of information in space that brings us to look at the brain 
The brain perceives and interprets the light visuals we are taking in with our eyes and creating an image and perceiving it and thinking about it. The brain acts like if you want to think about it like a radio or a TV. So it tunes into frequencies containing certain information within these frequencies. The brain tunes to the info block of space or the archive. And then now, even though you are tuned into a specific radio station or channel and can only see what's happening on that station or channel, there are also other stations and channels that are happening in the same moment, but could have totally different pictures, stories, or information. Well, and let me mm-hmm. add in, because mm-hmm. I have a good analogy for that. When you're watching TV, there's other channels yeah. on at the same time, but exactly. just on a different frequency. Same mm-hmm. thing with the radio. If I put on a radio station... Mm-hmm. Well, there's another radio station playing something completely different. Something's coming through that frequency specifically. So our brains work in the same way. Exactly. Exactly. All the information has occurred or is occurring at the same time. It doesn't work on the same concept as, as, as of time as we know it to be. That is our illusion. Mm. Uh, When the training of, of, of thoughts occurs, there is activity and the activity when we're thinking doesn't actually occur inside the brain. It it actually occurs outside of the brain. It's showing that it's accessing a field of information and you're not your thoughts and your thoughts are not you. Ooh. Yeah. That's deep Boom. stuff. Is, you know, we tune into a script and a timeline that already exists, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So because everything and anything exists, like mm-hmm. we said at the beginning of the episode, yep. It's already there. Yeah. So because it's there, you're actually tuning in. It's like nothing's original. Yeah. So with, with that, think about beliefs. Right. You could go back to thinking about beliefs. Exactly. Because they're there. Well, so you're, don't think anything you've ever thought of is original. Yeah. Because our brains are constantly receiving and transmitting quantum information. Every perception of things like light and heat come from atoms and electrons, which are quantum particles moving in and out of the brain at all times. There's been much research around consciousness and intentions, um, how we use thoughts, how we transmit them, and how they affect the world around us. Uh, the idea here is, you know, the brain is a multidimensional interface. Uh, it's aware of information on multiple structural dimensions. I mean, everything's vibration. What you're seeing is vibration. What you're hearing is vibration. What you're feeling is everything, yeah. right? There's, that's mm-hmm. not so no euphemism or yeah. anything. We all know that. We right. all know that to be a fact and true. Right. And, you know, you bring up beliefs. Um beliefs are what guide us uh it's the gasoline in the car on the highway we're driving down you know Hmm. um in the same way uh you know sound creates visible waves as it travels through a droplet of water belief waves ripple through the quantum fabric of our universe to become our bodies to become healing abundance peace disease or the presence uh or lack of suffering in our lives uh, just as we can tune to uh, a sound to change its patterns, we can tune our beliefs to either preserve or destroy all that we cherish. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Right. So let's get back to, because we did discuss uh, uh, beliefs in, in episode two. Um, let's, let's get that. I got a question. Hmm. Where, do our, where do most of our beliefs come from? Well, you think about it from a young age. What what are we we're we're experiencing we're experiencing things around us, so you know you got to think about what other people are in our lives. So you got your mom and your dad; those are like the first ones. 
yeah, you got family too and stuff, but it's your mom and your dad. And your mom and your dad, as you grow up, they instill beliefs in you. But as you get older and you start venturing out in the world, you know, besides family, you start getting teachers, uh, pastors or priests, um, you know, uh, you know, bosses, yeah, everything. Yeah, There's everything. Uh, yeah. Read. Just just living and experiencing thing, experiencing things. You're also falling into a paradigm of beliefs as well. Like, let's just say, um, uh, let's, I'm trying to think of a, of a good example. Like oh, when you go to a church. Okay. Yeah. Let's say that. Well, no, I'm, I'm trying to say more of like just in your normal daily routine, like you're going about your day and you know, you see, um, you know, maybe, maybe you see an old person while you're out food shopping mm -hmm. and you see this old person and, you know, you see them walking slowly, you know, you probably like, oh, they probably have arthritis or this and stuff like that. Like you, why do you have that thought process about the person? Maybe they just like to walk slow, you right. know, something like that. Like, I know it's a stupid analogy, but no, like, no, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. You, you, you basically are just, you know, you're basically just have a belief because of experiences. Maybe you've experienced an older person that does have like certain ailments like that and like does need help or whatever and stuff. And then that could lead to an, uh, you know, a thought and an, an, and then an action, you know, you maybe want to help the old person or something like that. Maybe they tell you to get the hell away from you, yeah, you know, yeah, creeping them out. <laughs> yeah. And that like, could I'm also... perfectly fine. I could do it on my own. Goddamn kids. <laughs> you know, my, and, and right. So he's exactly correct. And I'm going to say like, as you're, you're going about your day. You've, you know, everything you do now in your daily life, came from somewhere it has it has an origin and we we get these beliefs from other people but not only that we get what history tells us what science tells That's us right. what religions tell us what our culture i think culture is one of the biggest ones nowadays oh, yeah. i mean the I, i'm sorry young generation but the whole bet and lit and i you know it's funny just being 30 years Sus. old. oh god <laughs> it's gagging and no offense but why is because i watch the evolution of culture and it's one thing if you say these words or you listen to this type of music or, you know, you uh, you talk a certain way. But I watch people become the yeah. culture. They like you're not your beliefs. But when it comes to the average human being nowadays, or at least, you know, the, the average sheep, should I say? Mm -hmm. No offense to anybody. Yeah. But the average sheep, they embody. Yeah. The culture, you know, they embody the religion. You have religious yeah. nut jobs out there. Praise Jesus. Yeah. You're reading all that shit about the stars. I'll fucking kill you. It's the yeah. same old guy that you were just it's trying to sin. help. It's a sin. You're going to die. You're like, going to go to hell. I can fucking walk it away from me. And by the way, fuck your astrology. <laughs> um, you know, but the thing is, too, is, you know, really all that's whatever. But now he said zero to seven is, is vital age. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, well, think about kindergarten going into you know, school and, uh, you know, you're, you're around other kids. Those kids got beliefs from their parents and those, and they have the same thing going on with their environments, have placed beliefs in their head and history. I find this very vital here, but his story, Drake wasn't kidding, bro. That was a good line mm -hmm. in his, in his, but it's a truth. It's his story that history comes from the winners. Yeah. We don't even know what history really is. We don't know what goes on other than, you know, of course, some some studies and scientific findings. But I'm talking about history yeah, books. A lot of stuff gets lost in, in actual history and stuff because, you know, the, the you know, powers in control write what our history is and they pick and choose 
what we get to know. I mean, yeah, you could do your own research and you could find things out. and Like we have. Yeah, that's the whole point of this is making those synchronicities and talking about the deeper things that are often overlooked or not even talked about, period. Yeah, transcending the fact that you know, our beliefs were, were given to us, handed to us, actually force fed to us. And because, and why it's so important is whoever controls the information, whoever controls the story, the narrative controls the minds and the beliefs of people. Mm. So, and what we're getting at here is we're saying beliefs and your energy and your intention and your focus has an absolute effect on the field. We're connected to one another, to the earth to the universe it's not some hippie shit it's for real yeah you got me you got me thinking now with the whole like lit like bet all that it's programmed you guys are all worried about the ops i don't even know if i'm saying it right the ops (laughs) but you're all feeding into the op oh yeah psyops that's right you know and and the thing is i think i think it means opposition i guess the ops oh I, think, I don't even know. I don't even want to know. You know, I don't want to know. I don't want to know your nonsense. <laughs> um, but what, to, to get to the, my point here is what if they're wrong? You know, the world is a mirror and you've adopted an external perspective, you know, from other people and other things. What if this is setting the stage and template for our reality together? Hmm. This is something to keep in mind. You know, as we learn how quantum theory allows this to be a true function of, of consciousness um, you know, our consciousness affecting the field. This is unlike any other time in history now. You know, it matters now because look at the world. You know, 2020 was a crazy freaking year. Yeah. You know? Um, what belief? What What beliefs are we, are, are we allowing to settle in right now during all this because of society and what's going on? Like, I, I talk to a lot of people and they constantly say how, like, they'll watch... They'll be watching like an old movie or a show or a video or something. Right. And all of a sudden, like they're concerned about people not wearing masks or, or social distancing. And it's like that's that's how powerful the mind holds on to things when we are molded in a certain way. And we have been we have been molded to basically look at fear as a virtue. Right. Yeah. And and I mean, like, I, I'm not going to go into too much of that, but like. That's just an example on its own that like we're we're sitting there and we're allowing what we're seeing and experiencing to now develop beliefs and to let those beliefs reside in our consciousness to the point where things we might start reacting differently to certain things because of these new beliefs. Yeah. And because it's affecting the field, uh, you know, we're communicating to it through emotion and all that. So imagine a heightened emotion and what that's doing and what that's bringing to us. You know, if the world's a mirror and we're constantly putting out racism and politics mm. and my religion and my color of, uh, you know, my party. And- we think the we think the world is shit then. We yeah, think the world right. is, it, it sucks. Everything's bad. Like So shit vibration goes out. Shit vibration, vibration comes, comes back. right back yeah. in. Yep. And, and, you know, you got to feel bad for the people that, you know, are, that, that aren't aware of this because they're doing it to themselves. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you know, that whole, what you put out is what you get back. That's also not a euphemism. Mm-hmm. That's a real scientific thing when it comes to quantum physics, proving consciousness breaks the wave into a particle and you're, your emotional energy is basically tapping into the field. It's like how you talk to God. It's what prayer is. Mm -hmm. You know, most people pray by the way on Sundays and by the way, prayer works, Mm -hmm. but it's about the combination of feeling and thought. Now, if you're coming from a lack vibration, meaning if you feel inside lack, you know, fear, 
insecurity and you're asking God, say, or the universe for these things, well, you think about what you're communicating to the field through your yeah. feelings. When you pray, you have to do prayer one on one right here. Mm-hmm. You have to literally I don't care what position you can get in. You can go missionary doggy or you can get on your knees at the edge of your friggin' bed. <laughs> all right. Whatever you want to do. But you need to channel that energy into you and you have to feel as if it's already done. Yeah. And when you pray, you go, I have it already. Yeah. You know, this is why when we mm. pray, we don't get what we want yeah. because it's a form of manifestation. It's a ritual and it won't work unless you're communicating to the field. Frequency is mm-hmm. the language of the universe. Exactly. It can't just it can't just be, you know, imagery in your mind, you know, or just thinking the thoughts and stuff. You have to embody the full emotion behind it, like you said, as if as if it's already been done, as if it's already been accomplished. Because the thing is, if everything's happening simultaneously all at the same time, it already exists, that reality of which you want. It's already there. We're going to go more, though, into uh, law of attraction and manifestation very soon, though, in the next... Yeah, next... Well, in a few episodes, because the next episodes are rather very uh, relevant one and Mm. important, and something's going on at the end of the year. Yeah, and we're calling we call it the Great Conjunction. Yeah, we're gonna do a little, a little, little step away from what we're going on, but but it has a lot to do. It has a lot of uh, relevance to to what we've been talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and why we want to do it is because it's about to happen, and we'd love to give information to everybody where they could see it happen in front of their eyes. We mm-hmm. find it a perfect opportunity to 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 teach everybody about a about a certain mm-hmm. planetary cycle that happens. Um, and where it's happening this time around is it goes back 800 years. Yeah. Um, so it's very, very vital and important. And this whole year has led up to it. Um, there's also a, a, another transit that happened in January. We'll talk about that brought on the plague. Hmm. Um, I think I've mentioned it in one of the episodes, but, um, to, to cap off now the, the field, we, we know about beliefs. We know about the field and, you know, we're in an intelligent field of energy that unites the universe. Our bodies and our world materialize this field. Emotion is the language that translate the, uh, translates the quantum possibilities of the field into reality. And today, modern science is beginning to understand that these heartfelt feelings has a direct effect on the stuff and of our world uh, is made of. The, uh, the atoms, the molecules, and our physical world. But where I want to go, because we have an understanding of that, is the heart. That's right. It's very important. Why the heart? heart well i mean you think about it you know that's our core that's what pumps the blood sends out signals um center of life that's it it's the center of life Mm -hmm. but there's something very unique about the heart you know we're constantly focused on the mind you know when especially when it comes to beliefs thoughts mentalities emotions and consciousness you know we think it you know like i said we think everything kind of resides in the brain but uh, you know, we're, we're more of just a vehicle. And I think it was, uh, Bruce Lipton. Hell yeah. Bruce Lipton said, he's like, you know, when they go to space, uh, and they send a Rover on Mars, you know, but the, the, the Rover has all the, you know, signal antennas and to, to be able to, you know, experience the, uh, the environment, you know, and, but the scientist at NASA is, sitting somewhere on earth, you know, watching it from a screen and interacting that way. Magic. That's kind of like how we are with our consciousness and our body. Our bodies are like earth rovers. 
Yeah, that's what yeah, that's said. a great that's a great yeah. you know, little analogy there. Exactly, and you know there is an ultimate consciousness, a oneness that is experiencing life on Earth through us, our bodies, our rove, our rove, Earth rovers. Right, right, and you know it's funny you brought that up too because it reminds me, and this is this is also a good point here, um, that if that that rover's on Mars and the guys here on Earth. And how far away that is. But how does the picture get to here? It travels through the ether. Immediately. Immediately. There's no, there's space, but there's no space. The way that the universe communicates with itself is there's, it's through that etheric field, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's, it's funny, ethernet, I mentioned that in uh, the Aquarius episode. Um, you know, ethernet, it's the same thing. And you, you know, your Wi-Fi comes from the router. It hits your phone all of a sudden magic. Whoa. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with us. We're human Wi-Fi antennas. You know, we're just like that rover is sending back a signal to the guy on earth. We're sending signals to each other. Mm-hmm. You could think of people and send them energy. Yeah. This is, this is proven here and, and we will prove it. I assure you of that. But the human heart uh, the human heart is the most powerful source of um, of electromagnetic energy in the body. It produces an electrical field 60 times stronger than the brain. It produces a magnetic field 5,000 times stronger than the brain. You're talking, you want to, you want to come at me with brain nonsense. The heart's got, that's, that's where the power is. Um, so the emotional state of the heart can be measured in the uh, electromagnetic field. And this electromagnetic field envelops the body and extends outward into space. Um, so the heart is the, by the way, the first organ to develop, right? And yep. the last to stop the moment oh, wow. of death. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Comes in, see you out. That's the thing. It's, you know, it's it's our core. It's the core of our life. And, you know, I think you actually mentioned this in one of the other episodes, how you said we, you know, the earth has a core, Right. And there's a field. We know that, you know, there is this Tauros field, uh, you know, around around the Earth mm. that d- comes from this electromagnetic uh, energy that, you know, is there. And it's the same thing with our heart. You know, it has a field and it, it radiates outward well, and cut through our core. And well, scientifically speaking, the Earth has an iron core. If we're talking mm. about the round Earth. Uh, it has an iron core, That's right. right? And it has a pumping effect. Mm-hmm. How ironic, That's it, right? Oh, it's wait, a what's, pulse. Blood, what's blood made of? Right, and magnetism. And yeah, and blood is there's iron, 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 iron right? And uh, that's the thing, though. Like magnetism doesn't happen in a, in a waves. It happens in pulse like motion. Mm. It's like boom, 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 and that's crazy that our heart does the same thing. Yeah, and, and uh, the heart actually, sci- the uh, scientists found forty thousand neurons. In the heart. Neurons. You heard me, people. Neurons. Neurons. Brain. Uh, you know, it's, it's a brain. Didn't they, isn't that more than the brain? What? Then isn't the 40,000 neurons in the heart? I don't it? know if it's more. I won't say it's more because yeah. I feel like you I can like grow. You could, you know, it's, it's something we'd have to look mm-hmm. into. But, um, but because the heart has neurons in it, the heart and the brain are in constant dialogue. The heart actually sends more information to the brain than it receives, um, you know. And, and you know this electromagnetic phenomena that I was talking about, like emanating off the body, it could be measured two to three feet away from the body uh, with scientific equipment. Uh, some scientists suggest that it travels much further than mentioned. Uh, each individual's field interacts 
with the field of the earth, according to scientists, passing on coded information. When two humans communicate, it's not only words, gestures, and body language. It's not, it's, it's, they're, they're also communicating electromagnetically, sourcing from the emotional coding in each other's field. Yeah. You think about the feeling like as if you're sitting in a room and you're alone and then all of a sudden somebody walks in. They don't have to say anything. They don't have to do anything specifically. Don't you feel a different presence of energy in the room? Don't you have a different? Well, you're, well, you're aware. You're like, oh, there's something here. There's maybe, someone here. I know you physically see it, but there's also a feeling associated with it. You may be annoyed that the person's there. You may be whatever. And they didn't have to even have to do anything. Well, because they're watching a certain channel right mm-hmm. now. If the channel they're watching, meaning their beliefs and thoughts mm-hmm. and all that, the channel that they're witnessing the reality on, they're now bringing their little quantum bubble, their little reality bubble mm-hmm. into yours. So I believe if there's a dissonance to that, if they see things opposite to you or discordant into way you say, if, if you're a real positive person and a real negative person mm-hmm. walks in, I had a lot of experience working in uh, the food industry with this. Yeah. I know you could vouch oh, as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you're in a good place and some jerk off comes in and brings in this negative vibe or this net. Yo, you feel that. Yeah. It's not just nerves or, mm-hmm. you know, like your blood pressure rising. It's mm-hmm. energy. Yeah. You feel it. You feel it in, in your gut, in your core. When stuff that stuff like that happens, even the same thing with heartbreak, you know. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Oh, we all know that, mm-hmm. you know. And and picking up somebody's vibe isn't just hyperbole; mm-hmm. uh, it's scientific fact. You know, since all living beings have electromagnetic fields, they all tend to affect one another's biological systems. Mm-hmm. You know, fun fact: from a mother's brain waves sinking to her baby's heartbeat to human animal interactions and experiments, that studies show that when a Let's say when a man feels love for a dog, both hearts of uh, each being would show coherence. This hmm. was a scientific study. Yeah. Same thing with the, the mom's uh, brainwaves. It would sync with the baby's heartbeat. Yeah. I hmm. think it was or the, maybe the opposite way, but they would sync. Yeah, hmm. it was to the heartbeat, right? I remember. Yeah. Um, and uh, to cap this off with the animal thing, like the dog, like their hearts would be in coherence, like they'd be hmm. on the same frequency. Horses' hearts produce an electromagnetic field five times stronger than humans, and studies show that a horse and human have the most profound effect on one another. Hmm. Fun fact. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Anybody who's ever been around a horse, if you ever stand around a horse, don't you just feel like you're just in the presence of like this this beauty and this innocence? Like, I, I know if I'm like around a horse, like I, I feel mesmerized. Doesn't matter how many times I see a horse. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're gorgeous. And mm-hmm. if they're also, but if they're pissed too, yeah, they you oh, they God. can they pick up on the littlest things, the littlest, and it's all energetic. You talk to any horse trainer or anything and stuff, they pick up on it. That's why they tell you, you know, approach with confidence. You know, not you know, don't don't be timid, and you know, all all these all these things is because the horses are very in tuned and sensitive and and like you said they have those that that heart that heart brain yeah yeah mm-hmm. and and animals because they don't have like us humans are smart and we're on top of the food chain and we think we're this you know in which we are sentient divine beings but you know we don't use our machinery pro- properly um we don't we don't mm-hmm. like like animals don't have really much of an inside world or at yeah. least they don't have like the, the you know the part of the brain where they're thinking about things yeah, much they don't have they're the more, complexity and yeah. the mechanisms as, we, as humans do yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, well we, we we block that mm-hmm. right we block that ability now animals have this natural ability to mm-hmm. tune into the vibrations of the earth because they're nature yeah you know we have this part of us that feels like we're separate from mm-hmm. nature when we're not you know and you can apply this knowledge by the way to your personal relationships think about it yeah. your friends your family, 
your relationships with the world itself. Think about that. Yeah. You're communicating to it every second of the day. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You can think about it like that. And that's everybody. That's where that oneness comes in, because if we all have these energy fields, uh, we all have this aura to us and then it's extending outwards. You know, you think about how we're constantly connecting with, you know, maybe other entities and other, you know, frequencies that maybe aren't even human or natural. Uh, but not only are you, you know, with the earth as well. But you're also interacting with other people and everybody's connected. So therefore, they're all connected through this ether and the space and consciousness. Yeah. And all Mm -hmm. these feelings are occurring, like kind of makes sense why things could seem so chaotic or whatever. But if you think about how great it would be if everybody can tune in, you know, there needs to be individualism, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, when it comes to how you express yourself and everything. But if everybody had the same you know, loving intentions and that unity within them. Um, heaven on earth. And yeah, it really literally would be heaven on earth. Yeah. This is, this is supposed to be heaven. This is heaven. Dude, it's a garden, man. Yeah. It's a garden. The earth is a garden. Yeah. Like it's, a, it's paradise, but us humans have this disconnect at the moment and we're not helping it at all. We're destroying it. Yeah. Um, where you don't have to worry so much is when you, you know, wh- why we've brought up astrology every now and then, actually every damn episode, yeah. and why it's so important is because at points in time where we need to learn lessons or where we're at in the story, now there is free will, but there's divine will. There's this divine clock. And if we're going, like right now, um, which in the next episode when we talk about that great conjunction, right now is a time where everything is supposed to be kind of decaying yeah destroying time to rebuild it's time for the new age yeah. how ironic you know new age new stuff we but we have to destroy the old we have to destroy the old belief systems we have to destroy the old government we have to destroy the old culture everything has to change for this new age to come in and by understanding quantum physics and understanding how the world is a mirror we're understanding how this is all a reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Astrology really does help to paint the picture of this energy of, you know, energy in motion and and how we as humans interpret it because of feelings, emotions, thoughts, the beliefs and everything. It, it helps, you know, paint that vivid picture. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have uh, one more thing to add uh-huh. about the heart. Well, because we're talking about the... Uh, the planets having an effect energetically and painting the picture. Now our brain receives those vibrations, right? But many of its instructions on what to do are actually from the heart because studies show that the heart is able to think, feel and have emotions on its own. Mm. Um, Roland McCrady of the heart math Institute. He said the heart is a sensory organ and acts as a sophisticated information encoding and processing center that enables it to learn, remember and make important functional decisions. Your heart has its own thought process hmm. and, yeah. and 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 so when you combine that you know who who's not to say you who i'm going to assume that the information that comes through the heart because a lot of religions has said you know has said uh that god was lives in the heart or jesus lives mm-hmm. in the heart that a lot of the divine and um say correct or um you know that the real, that's right thing to the do source intention it comes from that like right the, like the natural there you go yeah the more yeah. natural divine intention and energy would come from exactly. the heart 
Yep. Well, I mean, it would make sense too. I mean, if since we said that when you know when you're thinking thoughts, you're not really thinking your own thoughts, and your thoughts are not you, and you're not your thoughts, um, because of the fact that science has shown that they occur outside of the brain because we're tapping into an informational database. So if that's the case, it would make sense for the heart to be the actual divine intuition that yes, it's not our thoughts still, but it's, it's our experience. It's our experience of that divine feeling, that divine intention. Like we can intune, like we could tune into that with a heart. So imagine the capabilities of syncing up the two, your mind and your heart. Right. Right. And this is uh, why they claim meditation is so important because what you're doing through meditation is not just shutting the mind off to sit there in a yogic position and just, you know, be one with the universe. It's more so to shut off the paradigms. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. to shut off the disconnection you have to the heart. Yeah. So when you shut off the mind and you get all of your predis- uh, you know, your, your belief systems that were put there, um, and everything that you've been thinking about all day and all the stress and all the craziness, you, you shut that off and you get in touch with the heart. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like God would be talking to mm-hmm. you. I've heard this. I, I definitely said this. I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. You know, prayers when you talk to God, meditation is when God talks to you. Exactly. And like you even see, there's a lot of like monks, uh, yogis, like all that, the, when they're meditating, a lot of them, what they'll do is they'll in a com- however is comfortable for them, they'll place or like touch like near their heart this way because it brings the touch, the feeling, the sensory brings more of an awareness to the heart. So therefore you're able to come out of your logical mind and to go more into your, the heart feeling, the, the, you know, like that feeling when you get like that, like butterflies, think about butterflies, think about like that. Oh, I got a bad feeling like whatever and stuff like that's, that's your intuition. That's coming from the neurons in your heart. It's a feeling, it's an energy that is, that is coming into your energy field. And so for you to be able to bring that awareness to your heart allows you to tap into that divine energy, allows you to tap into that divine source of information and intuition. And then when connected with your logical mind, after the logical mind has been cleared of those paradigms and everything, then you can better look at it from a certain outside perspective with more of a divine perspective and therefore be able to allow a free flowing, pure, loving and cooperating, harmonious energy. Beautifully said. Exactly right. And, you know, it's funny I, with this, the clock in the sky. That's like our signal. It's it's what we look at physically to say, hey, it's this time. But it it's emanating a natural energy like it like the universe has its plan already you know like i said we have free will you can choose not to you could crawl in the mind and get out of the heart and think you know everything uh take the left hand path and 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 you're you're your own god and you're not connected see how that that works yeah see (laughs) how it works and it it might work out temporarily for you and you think that's how the devil gets you you know or whatever you'd want whatever symbol you want if it starts working it'll boost up that ego and you'll start living in purely that ego. Yep. And when you live purely in ego or edges got out, mm-hmm. um, you I know, like that. Mm-hmm. and when you live there, now you've lost the disconnect. You have a disconnect now to, to that information, mm-hmm. to that knowledge, to that divine spark that 
wants to communicate with you, that loves you, that yeah. wants to help you and help the world because we all are that thing. We, we, it's ourselves. You know, we all are the yeah. field. We emanate and come from the field. And, uh, some, and something actually because you said, you know, that wants to help us. For for certain people, because I know there's those people out there that they always said this, even, you know, as a Christian, like when I would talk to people, they'd be like, okay, well, if God loves everybody and all this stuff, why do people, why do like little kids get cancer and stuff? Well, here's the thing. Yes, I think, yeah, it could be passed on genetically. Uh, I'm not going to get into the whole karma thing, but the genetics, like like our DNA you know, that also is something that's occurring and adapting, you know, because of our environment. And even it's been shown that our thoughts and our feelings also affect our DNA. Epigenetics, EPI yeah. genetics. So if you're changing your genetics and you're changing your genetic code because of whatever feeling or thoughts and thoughts you're embodying and that negativity, not to mention all the poison that we are handed on a daily basis between screen time, the air, what's in, you know, you know, all the, all the pesticides and food and hormones and all that stuff. Yeah. This is a, this is a big cause of it. Smoking, everything. Yeah, absolutely. Fifth generational uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah. Not allowed to say the mm -hmm. short way. Yeah. But, but you, you get know. those certain people that are like, oh, but he was healthy. He never drank. He never smoked. He ate good. He worked out, but he got cancer. Well, what was he thinking? What was he thinking? What was he feeling? Was he in harmony? Was he in balance? Did he have trapped trauma? Exactly. And that's the thing. When you trap up that energy and that feeling, because emotion is energy in motion, and it gets trapped up in there, it starts to change you on a genetic level. And when it starts to change, it's basically autoimmune. It's autoimmune where the body starts attacking itself. It's a self-destruct button, basically. And you're self-destructing from the inside out. But that's something to really consider, though, because, you know, that's that's a big argument point that I get all the time that I have gotten all the time. was like, oh, well, why would God do this? Why well, would God do our, that? Stop looking at God. Word. Yeah. Stop looking at God as as this this God, this man or this patriarchal figure and stuff. It's compared to a patriarchal figure because of the fact of how that love kind of exists. That mm. love exists almost in a patriarchal way. Right. So, so that's why it's personified in that sense. But other than that, like I said to Ray earlier today, I was like, my God does not smite. My God does not punish. My God just delivers. Uh, yeah. And the thing it's funny you say that because I was going to go into the fact that you're stating these things, right? So you're coming with these paradigms. Now, you can't get away from paradigms. You cannot get away from beliefs. You don't have to be in concrete belief systems. You could be open to anything. But he's stating that his God does this and his God does that. Well, the way the field works is it will show up that way. Mm -hmm. So if I believe that my God is this and that and I give it, say, a negative connotation, he doesn't listen and he's always fucking with me and he's always doing this and that, it's actually a mirror. So you're, you're sending that signal out. You're sending that frequency band out. And it's coming back to you in that fashion. So be careful how you define everything. Yeah. Even it's watch your words. Watch how you, you know, I, I, I always have to do this with myself because like sometimes like, you know, you're talking to people and sometimes joking around. You're like, ah, yeah, life sucks and all this stuff. That's powerful. Words are powerful. Words are literally the breath of life that we're, when you breathe in, right, you're taking in that breath of life, that ether. 
And then what you're doing is then with your muscles, you're pushing that air out where then it vibrates through these vocal cords that are so complex to the point that it starts and muscles are contracting and, and, and it's, it's creating, it's, it's manifesting feeling into words. Mm. So if feelings are very powerful, so are words. So like, that's the thing. If you, if you really feel like your life sucks, nothing goes right for you. Um, you know, nobody loves you, all this stuff. You're basically asking for it. Yeah. You're basically telling the universe like, Hey, this is my life. And the universe is like, Oh, well this is them. Here you go. It's it. You can consider the universe like a yes man. Yeah. It's like, Oh, my life's this and my life's that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Your life is that. It sucks. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and because you could look at it like this, it's like you were given life and it's really kind of, if you think about it, it's a lack of appreciation for the fact mm-hmm. that you're living. So it's perfect. It's actually, it's perfect designer evolution. And why? Because you have, it, he, he or it gave you the control. Like you mm-hmm. have the control of, you know, manifesting the life you're asking for. And one, if you're unconscious of this, it's not truly your fault. And you will get things given by this is why we're saying go back to the belief systems, understand where they came from, I know, because these things are bringing a reality to you. But it's very important to understand that you are in control. And if you are asking the universe or if you're complaining and you're bitching and moaning and constantly spewing out these negative words and negative emotions, you're you're it's like you're calling God on the telephone Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, this is, you know, I just want a poor, shitty life and this and that. Now, it doesn't. There, there, there could be possibilities of chance and there yeah. could be sometimes maybe the st- maybe in your chart or, you know, maybe in the divine plan, you are meant to experience this one negative thing. But why mm-hmm. it might affect the world around you. Yeah. And it's to or to bring you and to bring you to a certain stage in your life that needs to be, that you need to be brought or to spare you of something. Right. So, you know, th- that's the thing. So in, and then the hindsight and the opposite side would be, you know, so if you're sitting, though, in that constant state of gratitude and love and compassion and integrity and and, you know, harmony and balance, then that's going to show up in your life when you're feeling those emotions. If you feel abundant already, like, you know, I always try to tell myself, too, I'm like, you know, I, I, I felt my I just moved recently and I felt my I found myself you know, feeling a little and eh, complaining a little bit about where I was at. And that just me, I just started feeling worse and worse and things started looking worse and worse and worse for me. But then I realized and I called myself and I'm like, wait a minute. I was like, instead, I should be grateful that I have a roof over my head, that things are actually going well in other parts of my life. And why am I going to hone in and focus on, you know, something that may not be of my liking or at the moment? That's the thing. It's just going to make it worse. So instead, I'm now falling into that category of being grateful and showing, okay, what do I have gratitude for? Not just the basic things, but like, what's that? What what do I feel like? And 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 I look at myself now as abundant. Like I'm abundant. I have what I need when I need it and how I need it. No matter what it may be, I have it already. S- signal goes out. Exactly. S- and I'm comes telling back. myself mm-hmm. and I'm feeling it. I'm not just thinking it or imagining it. I'm feeling it as if 
I've already, I, I'm already experiencing it in that moment. Yeah, like that's, it's already there. That's where the law of attraction had it wrong because they told everyone if they think positive yeah. and this and that, it's not about thinking positive. Mm-hmm. It's about feeling positive and combining that with the thoughts that you are, say, the things that you were requesting. So mm-hmm. if I'm thinking about my bank account, I'm not just thinking, okay, million dollars, million dollars, mm-hmm. you know, full bank account, whatever. It's, I have to feel like that millionaire. Yeah. You feel like, like what kind of gratitude would I have? being that millionaire like i i am that millionaire right in that moment i'm i am that millionaire what kind of feelings of gratitude am i having now that i'm a millionaire now you yeah, know throw it throw what, it what good things do i want to do being a millionaire like you know that you know yeah you obviously are going to do some things for yourself as well but like what kind of what kind of great influence can you bring from being in that position and feel what it would feel like to accomplish those things as if you already did and and to and to also yes visualize it and think about those things because when you are tapping into that and you're visualizing that and you're feeling it you're tapping into the frequency of that multidimensional reality that realm that already exists changing the channel different timeline yep yeah. Different timeline. Yep. Mm-hmm. Changing the channel. That's right. Like you're, you're, it, because everything exists now. Mm-hmm. So, but it doesn't have to be all day, every day, but this is why meditation is mm-hmm. so important. You should take at least, you know, start out with five to 10 minutes in the morning and five to 10 minutes at mm-hmm. night. And, you know, in the morning, your meditation should be, you know, thank you, God, you know, or thank you, whoever mm-hmm. you're praising, thank yourself, thank the world, send love out, send good vibrations mm-hmm. out, and then watch, just watch your day unfold. Hold, try and hold that as much as you can. But even just that 10 minutes of sending out that signal, the universe will hear you and it's going to, it's going to shift your reality. It will. And then at night before you go to bed, Mm -hmm. same thing, be thankful for, you know, analyze the day. Don't be negative, you know, accept the things that have happened, but put a a good, uh, you know, definition upon everything and keep doing that over and over again. And I promise you, cause I've watched it in my own life. I've watched yeah. it in Gio's life. Yeah. It will happen. It's how we communicate to the field. It's so important to understand what your underlying beliefs and definitions are of the world. Yeah. And to get, and to get, you know, s- something like that to happen. Second nature is just like anything else. It takes consistency. It does take a sense of dedication, but as you practice that and you make that a routine in your life, you it comes more easily to be able to not have to bring such an attention and awareness all the time to be like oh my god i need to meditate or i need to uh, i need to do this that's the other thing you don't need to do anything you don't have to do anything you don't you, you sh- it's not that you should do something the way it also should be perceived if we're going to talk about this is that i get to do this I have the opportunity to. I'm blessed to be able to do this, this. I'm blessed to be able to have this in my life. And if it's a negative thing, I'm blessed to have that negative thing in my life because it's going to show me this or that that I need to work on or focus on or stray away from. It brought awareness. Exactly. Right. And that's all it is, is bringing that awareness. Now, you do that consistency and you, you know, really embody that, you know, that that whole... uh not just this, not just this power of positivity, but you, that feeling that we're talking about and this way of manifesting, you'll start doing it naturally. Your whole thought process will actually change. Your beliefs will change. Yeah. Your heart will start thinking for you. Exactly. Start giving you the right thoughts. Start Mm -hmm. giving you the right feelings. It'll guide you. That's the guidance that we talk about. And you'll be more shielded from the negativity. And when the negativity comes to you, 
allow it. Won't it won't feel like chaos. It allow won't. it. Yeah. It will feel like, okay, this is necessary for something, whatever this chaos that's showing up, whether it's in my life or in my view. It's for a reason. Yeah. Benefit of astrology, by the way. Yeah. You know, we've we've done it the past two, yeah. three years, really, of like where we we're like, oh, yeah, but I got this going on in my chart. And I think that would mm-hmm. bring this, you know, maybe it's not a time for relationships. Maybe it's not a time for a new career yet, you know, yeah. and that that could bring peace of mind. If astrology is not the answer, find something, Yeah, you know, create a belief system. The thing is, is you are not held down on a belief system that, you know, anything you've been fed if it doesn't make you feel good, you don't do it, yeah. you know, don't hurt yourself. Don't be a, uh, you know, a masochist, mm-hmm. but you know, find a productive and positive outlook on things. And when you do that and why I'm telling you to do that is because you will experience heaven on earth. Yeah. You truly, if you truly get to the root of bringing value to your everyday life and really, you know, really, you know, that takes a lot of deep work within and shadow work as well and stuff. But you you start to notice what really what you really value and not just material things, especially not. I mean, it may be even material things, but part of it, it. It's 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 a it's a way of being and it's a way of being that you start to value. And when you have that value, you start living in your in your in your What's the word? Solitude? No. Yeah, I guess. Well, and your truth. Yeah, your truth. Even better. I mean, simply said, I think I know there's a word out there that's, you know, a little more descriptive, but truth, living in your truth. You know, it's, it's, it's like you do have the free will, but you know, if you, you, you have to realize that if you get into the state of allowing things to be and not defining them and getting out of the logical brain once in a while and allowing things to be, even if negative, even if positive, you know, not to celebrate too hard and not to you know, sit in your sorrows too yeah. long either. It's like find a this balance, neutral a good, way. A good humbleness. And yeah. you know, that's, that's really, that's really what's it. I mean, it, it is that simple, by the it, way. It is. It's it simple. Is. I don't care what anyone says. It's simple. Yeah. Maybe not easy for some people, but simple. It's, it's not like this complex, um, you know, you gotta go take this exam and do this and go through 12 years of bullshit and sit in classrooms with people you don't like and all it this becomes, fucking nonsense. It becomes simple. Yes. Realistically, it actually just becomes simple. It, you're you're more equipped to handle situation situations, especially when I think like for me, acceptance was a big thing and getting off the victim mentality. Now, was that hard at first? Absolutely. You know, do I still have things that occur in my life that I sometimes want to play the victim mentality or I may entertain it for a little bit and stuff. I bet, I bet you catch it. Well, I catch it right away. Mm-hmm. I catch it right away nowadays. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm like, eh, no, you know what? Hey, like, it's not that this happens to me all the time or this or whatever and stuff. One, what am I doing? And what am I thinking? And how am I, uh, you know, communicating throughout this life that may be allowing these habits or these patterns to keep coming back full circle and I keep reliving the same thing. It's because I'm on that loop. I'm on that timeline. Instead, find a way to be like, okay, I'm going to step off that timeline. I'm aware of that, but I'm going to step off of it. And then you have an awareness of the necessity behind those patterns and those unfortunate events, maybe, or even the fortunate events. Yep. And a lot of people I know lose hope over the fact that they feel like they don't have control. The victim consciousness, 
you know, settles in. And then what happens is, is they get in this endless loop of victimization. Mm-hmm. You know, they start thinking I'm the victim. So, you know, it, then it starts to happen. And the thing is, is because it's a frequency, it's, it's not going to really happen maybe with the same person or same circumstances, but the same like exact circumstances, but the overall energy or accumulation of things that happen will repeat themselves. I mean, if I don't know if anyone, any of you guys have been in relationships where, you know, you date this one person and then the next three are just like the last one you dated. Yeah. And you're like, God, what the fuck is wrong with me? Telling I me. keep picking out this one girl, <laughs> this certain type of girl that like is this and that. And then I'm constantly mm-hmm. getting that back. And it's then you start realizing it's like, well, that's what I that's what I thought I was worth. Yeah. You know, or or that person was mirroring something back to me. If um, just, it, like, just think like, that if, yep. if you're getting something over and over again, check yourself at the fucking door, yeah. because the thing is, is it's you. Yeah. It's that person you. is just literally a mirror and you're looking in the mirror and there's something about you and with, with within you. Not that you have to look at yourself as like this broken piece of shit or something, but it's like, OK, obviously I keep falling into the same patterns and cycles. What is it necessarily that I'm doing within, let's just say we're talking about relationship wise or something and with a partner, what am I, what am I missing within myself that maybe I'm overlooking in maybe my communication or whatever it may be, or even my thoughts or my feelings and stuff that could be causing this pattern to keep arising every time. And that's how you gain that full spectrum of awareness to be able to start having that control and that change you want to see in your reality. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we give you the facts now, like we're, this is our approach. We come in, we come in hot with facts and statistics and, and, and science and stuff like that to make it to this point in the conversation where we've shown you that it's a reality of it. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is proven to be like, it's not euphemisms and, and you know, metaphors and mm. religions and stories and stuff like that. Mm. It's legit a scientific fact that the world is a mirror. So that's when you can jump out of the victim consciousness. Mm. You can get back into your power and understand that you define your world. And who are you sharing your world with? And are you getting, you know, are you getting influenced by your culture or are your friends or your family? And then are they creating their reality for you? Are you giving your power away? That's why I say check yourself at the door understand the fact that you need to go into your mind every now and then i think daily and understand what's going on in there because if you have demons and and scary things floating around and you have bad ideas and bad thoughts and whatever you need to get rid of those because you will just keep getting that same pattern and mm-hmm. you'll get keep getting the same people and you'll keep getting everything you have been getting for and you could pray all you want but if you're feeling the same shit feeling that you have been feeling all this time, nothing will change. You can't blame anybody but yourself. And why I'm so adamant about this is because I was once a victim. Mm-hmm. I was once that person that was like, fuck the world. There is no God. I don't give a shit. And guess what? I got that exact look back from the mirror. And it wasn't a great feeling. And, you know, maybe we all need to go through it. But we're now entering an age where mm-hmm. this information comes to the to the forefront. And we're we're telling you that you have the power and the ability to manifest love, abundance, peace, everything you could mm-hmm. ever ask for in your life. Yeah. It's scary. It could be, it could be scary and ugly to do that self inventory and really see what you got going on inside, you know, inside your emotions, your beliefs, your traumas, everything, you know, it, it could be really, real dirty work and it's not pretty. It's yeah. not pretty. I've definitely done the whole self inventory thing at, at some real low points in my life. And it, it sucks. It does suck bringing it up, 
But if you could get past the feeling of knowing that these things have occurred and stop playing that victim role and stop being like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I went through this. I can't believe I fucked up this instead of just, you know, uh, you can't believe it. Instead, accept it. It happened. It's done. It's been done already. Does not mean you can't turn things around, though. And that's the thing. So it's like, you know, you just accept the fact that like, hey, all right, that's what it is. Moving forward, though, this is what I need to work on more consistently to be able to change that. So I stop with these bad habits. I stop these things. And yeah, it's going to take time. It's going to take work. It's going to take a lot of stuff. But that's where it comes down to, you know, you also have to have your energetic releases, you need to also be able to balance yourself and clear some things because when the thoughts start going, it can be real fucking chaotic and it can be hard to shut off that mind to be able to do that work. But that's where you have to look and find that value, that value in your life. What do you value? What's going to bring you that peace and that harmony? Right. What can you do? What rituals can you do of your own? It doesn't matter what anybody thinks about, you know, oh, that's stupid or whatever and stuff like it doesn't matter if it works for you, if it speaks to your truth, if it makes you happy, if it allows you to release some negative energy or then then that's what you need to do. So find those values instead of constantly reflecting and looking and being like, oh, well, that sucked. This was bad. Oh, my God. I suck. I'm a piece of shit. Why do I do this to myself? I'm so stupid. Because in comes Enough. In, in comes why, more of it. But why do you need to even tell yourself that? Self-pity. Yeah. And that's what it is. You are just pitying yourself and you're feeling bad for yourself and you're playing the victim role. Because when you play the victim role, you know... Then you just think that like, oh, well, I'm processing my emotions. No, processing your emotions would be feeling the feelings, letting them out, letting them letting them teach you something. And then once they've teach you something, once they taught you something, sorry, (laughs) (laughs) they teach you something. (laughs) Once they, my my mind immediately went like, yeah, that's right. My Virgo just was like, ah, Uh, um, you're good. it, It once it taught you something. Then you start seeing what new habits you need to replace with. I love how this like this actually ended up turning into a lot about manifestation, kind of. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. It It's because I, I personally wouldn't want just an episode of there's scientific fact. Yeah. We have statistics for you. Check this out here. This shit's got to be helpful to, to you guys listening as well. Like, right. It, yeah. We, we care. And by the way, we're we trying s- to create value here too. Yeah. But, and also really do care about you yeah. and ourselves and the world. And the thing is, is by us being like, you're being a fucking victim and self pity. Well, why we're being so adamant about it is because it's important because you're affecting the world around you. The people, mm-hmm. the circle, everything's coming from you. So mm-hmm. you should be the pillar of light. You know, be the candle in the darkness yeah. that's where you, you bring the light to somebody else, emanate that light on other people. But first things first, fix your own Take shit. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. And by the way, if you need a mantra, I use this for years. Where energy goes, or sorry, where attention goes, energy flows. Hmm. Where, en- or where like that. attention goes, energy hmm. flows. I used to say it all the time, like, oh, I'm giving that thing attention giving that thing attention yeah i'm feeding it energy picture it like you know symbolize it just like the ancients did put a little story to it it's this fucking monster and it's eating my energy it's a you know the 
the alcohol monster, mm-hmm. you know, something yeah. like that, you know, yeah. anything that you've experienced to where it's kind of taking away your energy relationship monster. Mm-hmm. God, this, this, like this demon follows me around and it's always, you know, feeding off my energy and bringing me these certain types of people and all that stuff, whatever, whatever works. But remember where attention goes, energy flows, Yeah, you know? And I, I did want to bring up, you know, we talked about, um, like self-evaluation and like, I, I wanted to bring up therapists and psychologists, you know? And uh, I know you'll love this. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. But now they're not, they're not all, I'm not going to say they're bad at all. They're, no. they're, they have a, they're, a very ne- they're, they're very necessary. Yes. They have <clears throat> a place in time. Yes. But they are not an end all be all thing. They are not the final step. They're not even close. The thing yeah. is, is I feel like a psychologist or somebody like that. And remember, I'm not ripping, but I'm just saying that, okay, go talk to them and, and kind of, you know, gut out your your beliefs mm-hmm. with them but do not allow anybody a doctor psych anybody therapist to implant any idea or or if they have an idea of what you are or if they tell you something mm. and they define you or they have they give you some kind of like they you know they give you an illness you have you know the you got, labels you know, it's, it's bipolar the labels or whatever let me tell you something now let's say you're not bipolar this is why I'm, this is important Let's say they go, all you're right, well, through my, through, right. So they diagnose you and go, oh, well, you're bipolar. Well, this is how literal the universe is. Mm-hmm. If you believe and feel like you're bipolar. And why you, wouldn't you believe it? It's a professional. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. And so it's kind of scary. Yeah. Because they can mess everything that up. Makes the, that makes the belief even stronger. It does because you fully accept it. Mm-hmm. Right. But the thing is, is so now you've accepted it. If you weren't that. It's going to show its ugly face yeah. more and more where attention goes, energy flows. I'm bipolar. I'm bipolar. Mm-hmm. I'm this. I'm that. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. Mm-hmm. Stop labeling yourselves. Stop allowing other human beings to label you and just go into the mind and understand what it is you want to pick out of your garden. What weeds and sh- and crap do you want to tear out of there and start rebuilding your garden, start planting new seeds. But if you keep going back into the past, you go see this doctor and you keep talking about the things you feel like shit mm-hmm. about. Well, guess what? Yeah. You know, where attention well, goes, energy flows. Right. You're going to get more of the stuff you were just discussing. Yeah. And remember, I even, like I said before, you're not your thoughts and your thoughts are not you. So that means that someone else's thoughts about you are not actually you either they're really not you if your thoughts are not you and you're not your thoughts then that definitely isn't you listen i understand we all have proper diagnoses as well and therapists they they do a and and psychologists and mental health people they they do a great service there's a time and place but they're not there to fix you if you're going to them to be fixed and you think that they're going to fix them it's not their responsibility or a medication yes they're there to bring an awareness to help you break down whatever traumas you may have or to break down the paradigms that exist within your mind to help you see them full spectrum and to be able to adjust them accordingly but you have to do the work it's not about what the therapist does. I heard it so many times about people going, ah, this is just not working, blah, blah, blah. But what are you, what are you, what are you contributing to the therapy session? It's not about what the therapist has to tell you. Yeah. It's about how the therapist helps break down what it is that's going on within your feelings and your thoughts and your beliefs and how you how you go about your life and your reactions and to help you bring it to a more grounded level and to in a more introspective level to be able to start 
hopping off certain timelines and patterns and habits and beliefs and to start embracing new ones and create new and more healthier habits, patterns and beliefs and to gain an awareness and an acceptance of some things that have occurred in your life that are hard for you. That's the whole point of it. It's not to sit there and be the the end all be all like you said and fix it. Like that's that's not it. That's no, a major. No, and, people come into therapy all the time and then don't do the work themselves. Well, and hear me out because let's not just blame the, the therapist and psychologist. Now, some people will go to, go find an. You know, you ever meet someone who just likes to talk about their misery? And the thing is, is they love to tell that story. And by the way. When you keep telling the same story, you yeah. keep getting the same story. But you have these certain people that gotta just bring up this mm-hmm. happened to me. That victim shit is like this happened to me, and uh, you know, and this is what happened. You're reliving that and, timeline every time you do that. Yeah, and it's just, and if it's not the same, say with the relationships, if it's not the same person, but you have the same feeling about the relationships that you have, that same person in a different vessel will come in and swoop you up off your feet again mm-hmm. in the way you don't want to and make you go psycho and go back to the psychologist. You'll go back, get in this endless loop of telling the story and then leaving and then reliving the story and then going back yeah. and then telling the story. And if you're feeling the same emotions, if you're thinking the same thoughts, if you're telling these stories to people, you're going to keep experiencing yeah. it. It's all up to you to let things go. Exactly. And then you sit there and you, you know, you see things aren't changing. You're like, why am I not getting better? And you start blaming the therapist. It is not the therapist's fault. It's your fault. It's your Mm -hmm. fault. And that's not something that you have to bash yourself for or to come down on yourself. But you do need to be aware that it is all you. It is all you. Your traumas don't define you either. You know, they they define how you how you may perceive them and react to them. But they don't define you as a person and who you are. I'll give you a little full disclosure about myself. And like this is this is personal. This is personal stuff. You know. Based off of what we're talking about, um, you know, there was a time in my life that I had alcoholic tendencies and I've had many people say that, oh, like you're an alcoholic, you need to do this, uh, you need to do that, you need to go to AA meetings and everything and stuff. And like I understood and I heard where they were coming from. But the thing was, I already had a certain intuition where I thought I was like, I don't want to label myself that. I know that I have a problem, but I don't want to enable, I don't want to say to myself, Hey, I'm this. And it, and then I accept that. Therefore that becomes my life. I didn't want that to be my life. So yeah, I, I went through the motions. I would go to, I would go to AA meetings and everything. And even though they were helpful in ways, AA meetings, there was a part of me after doing it for a while that felt like, hold on. I'm sitting in a room constantly replaying all my misery with drinking and everything. I'm replaying all this constantly. Not only am I replaying it and speaking it out into existence and feeling the feelings and constantly bringing up those emotions and feelings that I felt through my, so so you could say addiction, but I'm also doing it with a bunch of other people too that are going through the same thing. Let's go back to energy real quick. Exactly. So everybody has those energy fields and we're all syncing up on a similarity. You think that that presence is going to feel good? What channel are you on? Exactly. I had to stop. I had to stop because 
I had to stop because I felt like I was in my misery constantly, constantly replaying the same thing. And I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to do this anymore. And I noticed that it got better for me. Listen, some people need to do that and they need the community and they need all that. I had my own support systems, my own way of doing things. And I also had my strong free will and also allowed myself not to accept that that is who I am. That's my life. And whatever was contributing to me drinking was not who I am. It did not define me. And I needed to change and redo my beliefs. Now, sober. It's, I, I I wasn't even going to AA meetings. I didn't have to go to rehab. I didn't have to do any of that stuff. Yes, I was lucky. Yes, I was blessed. But it also had to do with the mentality. And a lot of it that came to help me was this information, understanding understanding what we experience as reality, understanding how our minds work, how the heart works. Yep astrology astrology gave me a nice blueprint and guidance you know along with my faith to be able to better see how microscopic we actually are in this universe but how powerful we actually are and it showed me how vast everything is and how complex everything is to the point that i felt like nothing was impossible for me to not embody that alcoholic or whatever that label and stuff like that i realized with all this information and all this ancient knowledge and everything that i can hop off that and create my new reality quantum because that's how awesome and complex and powerful source is and the universe is that you can construct it yourself and guess what i did i did and that's why I also like to share with people. That's full disclosure for you. Don't like to share that all the time, but I'll do it because I love you guys. He definitely does. And so do I. And the reason why we started this was because we felt that we can bring value and and good perspective to the world and the things we've learned through over the time. At you know, at 30 years old, I feel like I've gained enough wisdom to actually share it at this point. Gia, the same thing. Mm-hmm. So um that's basically, I think, where we want to, you know, where we want to end. I yeah. think I think we've gotten our point across. So it's time for a wake-up call. Um, who are we? You know, the first step is to recognize we are sacred, divine, and sentient beings uh, that are inextricably connected to the creation itself, meaning we are indefinitely connected. It, it is a fact that we are connected to creation itself, the world, and each other. Um, you know, part of waking up feels like everything is breaking down and we must deconstruct the paradigms and belief systems, uh, that were implanted in us from the countless forms of ancestral programming, conditioning, social engineering, and the limiting, uh, limiting beliefs that do not serve our highest good. Uh, we must deconstruct the shadowy realms of our subconscious minds. So, What we are seeing today in the world is the purging away of the deepest and darkest paradigms of the collective mind, our accumulated garbage from the growing stages of humanity's consciousness, and is now making its way to the top, festering from the bottom. Hmm. So to purge this energy, we must face it. We see it and experience it uh, as this process allows us to see what's really down in the deep end of our fears, programs, and karmic belief systems. Yep. As I've said many times and will say many more, is the world is a mirror. 
2020 was a year of the karmic and unconscious mirror of ourselves as a collective. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's time we, we rewrite this, you know, and it starts, it starts with even things like this, you know, that's, that's the whole point. Well, first is the understand, Mm -hmm. then we understand Mm -hmm. and then we overstand Mm -hmm. and we look down, we transcend this knowledge. And we share. So on the next episode, um, we're gonna, we're gonna now travel back into the realm of planetary discussions. As I've said before in the uh, in the episode, uh, the Saturn and Jupiter conjunction coming on December twenty first, twenty twenty. There's a very important reason why we have led you to this point, into the teachings of quantum physics and astrology and manifestation. We've given you statistics, witnesses being, you know, notable psychologists and researchers, and uh, now how the quantum field is an infinite web of consciousness. And with all things being connected and alive, it brings us to a remarkable and incredible time in human history. We get to share this time together, all of us. Uh, This conjunction will bring massive change to our consciousness and the world as we know it. I mean, we are already witnessing it. Think about that. Yeah, we definitely, definitely are. Proof's in the pudding. It definitely is. And that's why it's important, you know, to understand, you know, or else understand this as the way we're breaking it down and understanding it on a scientific level and a spiritual level, quantum level, everything. So that this event, you can see the significance behind it rather than just some, ah, it's just some astrology bullshit. It's bigger than that. It is. And the thing is, is we might wake up on the 21st and it may seem like another day, but it's a marker, you know, Mm -hmm. just like, uh, Y2K in 2012, and there was these big things that were supposed to happen. And if you really do think from each of those dates, things have changed. Mm-hmm. And from this date specifically, things will change even more. And, you know, it's it's going to happen regardless. And the thing is, you don't need astrology and all that, but, hey, you're getting, you're mm-hmm. getting a heads up. Yeah, well, I mean, all NASA and all the astronomy, you know, people are... If you if you've been on Facebook, you've seen that they've constantly been. There's been so many posts about this whole Saturn and Jupiter coming together. Um, maybe more from an astronomy standpoint. Um, you maybe have seen from an astrological standpoint too. Uh, but I think it's important that we, you know, now with our discussions and how we've broke things down to understand maybe, you know, the deeper significance of this conjunction yeah you know i'd like to put it this way picture your mind is a like a like a, a dance club and you have a bouncer your bouncer is your conscious mind that's your scanner right that's yeah. that's the thing where we're sitting here you're sitting here listening to me talk and listening to geo talk and that conscious version of yourself the one sitting there attentive uh to everything well he's the bouncer to the sub subconscious which is the dance floor mm-hmm. or the club right so to convince the bouncer to let someone in or a belief in, mm-hmm. we must convince the bouncer. Yeah. So why would we bring all this information up? This is why we're getting kind of like the go ahead from your bouncer to, you know, to take in this person into the club, this belief into mm-hmm. the mind. Yeah. To show the relevance and to see how, you know, how this can be perceived. Right. So the Saturn and Jupiter conjunction will happen in Aquarius setting the stage for the processional age we're entering, the age of Aquarius. 
We will go into the dynamics of these planets and why this is so important. It signifies revolutionary changes for society at large. And the thing about Saturn, making contact with any of the slower-moving planets, you know, like Jupiter, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, uh, Saturn likes to solidify things. And the effects are always prolonged, last a very long time, making concrete changes in our reality. And we will mention, you know, dates, events, things that had happened after these transits so you can understand what kind of changes happen. And this one's unique because it's in a different sign. Yeah. It's in a fixed air sign. Yeah. And we'll break down, you know, energetically how this function works. Yeah, exactly. And um, I kind of like to put it like this. It's like with Saturn and Jupiter, it's like putting pressure on coal, eventually changing it into a diamond. You know, there's going to be pressure. There's going to be, you know, it's going to weigh us down. But when we get out of this situation, when we when we move past it and we, we're in that prolonged change, it will be as if it's a diamond. Um, a lot of ancient mundane astrologers, they kept their eyes on these planets for a reason um, and, their, and their cycles. They, they knew it marked her, uh, huge shifts. So this is the first time we've had this transit in an air sign for over 200 years. And uh, these planets both... Jupiter and Saturn represent lawmakers and teachers. Um, these two planets coming together in Aquarius may cause new laws to be implemented for the collective because Aquarius represents groups of people and society, you know, large groups of the common common man, the average person. Um, in astrology, Saturn tells you what you cannot do. It tells you things that are wrong, especially with society and the way people are. It represents our limitations and boundaries, and uh, he is the lesson giver. Uh, very discouraging lessons, you know, very harsh, but it's for lifelong wisdom, you know, rules, regulations, protocols. Jupiter is more of the positive energy. It tells you what you can do. It's more of a yes planet. So Saturn is more of like a no planet. Jupiter is the yes planet. The greater benefic and the greater malefic. Exactly. Satan and Jesus. Jesus. So Jupiter represents in law um, what is right, our morals, ethics, and a lesson giver in the sense of positivity to encourage people. It's more of a gentle, pleasant planet, and the dynamic of these two cause incredible shifts and changes that we are going to live to see, you, me, and everybody else. Hmm. So we're going to dive even deeper on that next, on the next episode, we're going to dive deep into that talk and discuss um, what to expect what has happened, you know, the function of it all, and um, and really break it down for you. And then maybe we'll, we'll, get, we'll gather for a, um, a global, or not global, but a meditation, if yeah. you guys would. That'd be cool. Um, that could be potential. We'll, we'll see. Um, but we're extremely excited to discuss our future and uh, what the planets are telling us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So once again, we want to thank you guys all for tuning in. Uh, definitely tune into the next episode. It's going to be a real treat. Uh, as always, you like what you hear, follow, uh, follow us on Facebook, on our Instagram at the daily transcendence. Uh, you know, be sure to check at, check us out, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcast or any other the platforms, uh, our link is in the, our bio on our social media pages. Um, and we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you, especially with this next episode we're doing. Um, you know, 
let's let's talk. Let's have. I want to hear about your experiences. What paradigms are are you experiencing? Is there any that you know? What work are you doing to lift some of the old paradigms? So yeah, so stay in contact with us. So don't forget, like, follow, share, and subscribe to us. Uh, also, our YouTube page uh, will soon be having a lot more content and video. Um, so be on the lookout for that. All right. So thank you everybody for tuning in to me and Ramon. <laughs> Until next time. (laughs) Until next time, guys. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.